0: Welcome to the Basilea Hollywood Podcast. A community of friends committed to the message and practice of Jesus and his kingdom. Hey guys, how you doing? Good. So i just i feel really confined up here like a like a cat you know um what's that? Oh, that's what you do, right? yeah, that's actually oh okay, okay just i've have, I have long legs and you let your hair down like let you be free why don't you do it um so much love. Uh, anyways, yeah, my name is Troy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk a little bit, um, and yeah. So last last week, Suzanne totally shut me down. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, the Lord, uh, I was I was gonna preach uh, on what I'm gonna be preaching on today, um, but the Lord actually uh, asked us. As as the point, as the point really is about uh, being flexible. Um, the Lord was asking us last Sunday to be flexible and to uh, just sort of skip the talk and pray for each other. And so that's what we did. And, um, and so today I get to talk. I'm very excited, uh, a lot of energy here. And, um, anyways, so this is all about being inflexible um, and how that plays a role in our faith. Um, so let's just get right into it. I'm gonna start my timer. It should be about 20 minutes, okay? So uh, the point is, don't be inflexible, because you might miss what God is doing. That's that's the thesis. That's that's the point. <laughs> so if you don't remember anything else, which you may not, uh, remember that. I'll say it again. Don't be inflexible because you might miss what God is doing. And uh we got some cool some well, so inflexible um, in other words to be rigid to be immovable not permitting change or variation. I think you you probably get the idea. Okay. Um as you know, if you've been around for a while, we've been uh, teaching through the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9. It, sorry, let me back up. My brain's going faster than my mouth the other way around. Um, we've been going through the Gospel of Matthew, and today we're in chapter 9. And we're going to look at three examples of people who encountered Jesus, and because of their uh, inflexibility, they actually missed the bigger picture of what God was doing in Jesus, right? So um, some of the religious leaders were so stuck in this is the way it's done, this is the way it's always been done, specifically their interpretation of what would we would call the Old Testament, okay, the law, um, that they were actually unable to see... What was happening with Jesus, and that in Jesus, as God's Messiah, uh, God was actually showing up to save, to rescue, to restore his people. He's fulfilling a promise that he made you know, thousands and thousands of years ago. Okay, um, So let's just dive right in. Okay? If you have a Bible, uh, chapter 9 of Matthew, starting at verse 1, if you don't have a Bible, uh, if you got it memorized, or I love that joke, or if you got uh, a digital version, Harry also has some Bibles. If you want to hold paper and look at it, make sure what I'm saying, make sure I'm not making anything up. You know, that's always a good thing. I don't, tr- I, I don't. You know, as far as I know, but you should, you should check me on that. Um, so we're just going to look at three examples of. Uh, People being so inflexible that they miss what God is doing, okay? And at the, at the end, we're going to uh, just make some space to reflect, talk about how we are susceptible to the same thing, okay? So here we go. Uh, does anybody want to read? Just stand up and belt out and just read. Does anybody just have the guts, the courage? Yeah. Yeah. You don't want a mic? Oh, yeah, because we're recording it, so you have to. It's it's I can read it from up there, right? No pressure. Jesus stepped into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own town. Some men brought to him a paralytic lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. At this, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, This fellow is blaspheming. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, Why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? But So that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, Get up, take your mat, and go home. And the man got up and went home. When the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe, and they praised God who had given such authority to men. Give her a hand, jeez, that's great. Now, if somebody walked up to you, like Nathaniel, I'm just gonna—you're just right here, and you're wearing a hat, so I'm just gonna pick on you, okay? Now, if somebody you didn't know walked up to you, it's like, hey, what's up, dude? And they took your hat and they—they they pooped in it. How would you feel? I feel like a <laughs> Nathaniel would feel like a boundary is crossed. Yes, that's that's a very great way, mild way, gracious way to put it. Uh, I mean, seriously, this is uh, kind of the essence of what um, what what Jesus's critics in this story were feeling like. Okay, uh, just I'll just quickly explain. Okay, um, so. Jesus' critics in this story are the teachers of the law. It was their job, their lifelong profession, was to learn, study, memorize, teach, be experts in the Old Testament law. They knew it backwards and forwards. They knew it better than anybody. Most people were illiterate in this time, and they sort of held the knowledge, okay? So whenever they saw someone doing something that was uh, outside of the law or, like, going against Old Testament law, they would be the ones who could point it out, okay? So according to Old Testament law, the normal way forgiveness of sins would happen, and by the way, God alone has the authority to forgive sin, right? Um, Forgiveness of sin happened in the temple and was facilitated... Uh, by the priests. So in this story here, uh, they're not in the temple. Jesus is not a priest. And he's telling this guy, your sins are forgiven. And uh, the teachers are so angry that they look at Jesus and they're like, blasphemer! You know, I don't know if they sounded like that, but that's my interpretation, you know. Um, which is pretty much the worst thing you could have been called, uh, at, at least in Judaism, because, again, it's like somebody taking your hat, right? Okay, I'll stop talking the poopy talk. Um, we have a two-year-old daughter, and I, I, you know, we, I changed diapers. So it was just in there. But anyways, uh, i got to keep going because i got to stay to the 20 minutes. And um, so blasphemer, it's like uh, worst thing ever, which, according to Old Testament law, was punishable by death. Okay, so this is like serious business, and Jesus actually confronts them um, as they are completely mortified by him, which is so weird for us because we're like, Jesus, doing something good, forgiving sin, and they're just livid, okay? And uh, Jesus responds, I mean, you know the story, we just read it, right? Which is easier to say. I mean, I could say to Suzanne, Suze, your, your sins are forgiven, um, but how would you, how could you measure that? What, what metric is there, right, to see if that really is true or not? Uh, but there's, there's this guy here, right? He is um, paralyzed, he can't walk. And Jesus says to his critics, But so you may know that I, that I do have the authority to forgive sin. He looks at the guy and he says, Get up and walk. The guy gets up, walks, goes home. And everyone standing there is just like pooping their pants. I'm sorry, baby. Just, it's happening. Um, Okay, so one example. Next example. Let's keep going. You guys seem really uncomfortable. What? What part? Oh, they're filled with awe. Okay, let's just keep going. Uh, okay, next next example. Um, starting in verse 9. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees, uh, just another... Uh, uh, very influential, very powerful uh, group of religious leaders within Judaism at the time. When they saw this, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. He's actually quoting Old Testament, uh, Hosea 6:6. God is talking. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So tax collectors in this time were corrupt government officials. They were hated by the Jews, seen as traitors because they worked for the oppressive Roman government. Uh, But also because they were getting rich by collecting more taxes than they actually needed to. um, And keeping it for themselves themselves. So their reputation, I was trying to think of like sort of a modern day example, um, might be something like uh, um, the guy who, who killed Cecil the lion. Does everybody know this story? Yeah. You know, like the, probably the feeling that you're feeling right now? It's like probably close to the feeling that people would have thought when a tax collector such as Matthew uh, would have come to mind. Okay. That was like the reputation. Okay, uh, let's keep going. So Jesus not only asked this guy um, to be one of his disciples, but then he's hanging out with them, and he's hanging out with his friends. And the Pharisees are like, dude, you know you're doing it wrong, right? Uh, you, you couldn't possibly be a great teacher or a prophet from God because you're not like us. You're not doing it like us. And um, Jesus, I think he's being funny. I could be wrong, but I think Jesus does have a sense of humor. He said, when he's, essentially, he's saying, you know, wouldn't it be weird if a doctor only saw healthy people? It'd be weird, right? Yeah. I've come, so he likens himself to a doctor. And he's saying, look, I've come to heal. I've come to restore. I've come to forgive. I've come to make whole. You guys are missing it. You're missing the point. And actually, I, I don't have time to get into this, but I would encourage you to read uh, through some of the prophets, such as uh, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Isaiah. God has some pretty intense things to say um, to, to the priests, to the religious leaders, um, Maybe one way to sum it up uh, is God saying to them, look, you guys have done an amazing job of taking care of yourselves, but you've done a horrible job of taking care of my people. Change. Repent. And God did promise, and this is part of Jesus fulfilling God's promise, God promised that one day he would show up and he would actually shepherd his people. Jesus is doing that. Now, the way in which the leaders were interpreting Scripture, were interpreting the law, actually kept them, sort of quarantined them from loving, from serving, from reaching out to those who were not like them. It gave them license to sort of huddle in their own group and look at other people and and point the finger and say, well, we're better than them. They're going to hell. Let's stay away from them so we don't get infected. And Jesus, he, he says, you guys are missing You're missing it. You're missing the point. You're missing God's heart. You're missing what I've come here to do. You're blind. You don't see it. And our third and final example starting verse 14 Then John's disciples came and asked him how is it that we and the Pharisees fast but your disciples don't fast Jesus answered how can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them he's looking forward to his his death then they will fast No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither do men pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst. The wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. I don't know about you, but I've never understood any of this (laughs) until I had to study it. Uh but I think we have uh, some pictures so Jesus is essentially making the same point with three different illustrations um the first one you know he's talking about a wedding right so so fasting oh and by the way this is important um uh, the disciples of John along with the Pharisees and others who were like looked at by people as um as like you know, like worthy of emulation. You know, like they know what they're talking about. They're the experts. Um, There was only one day during the year that uh, the Jewish people were called by God to fast. Fasting being, representing um, sadness, repentance, mourning. Okay? Um, This was on the Day of Atonement. The Pharisees and probably um, I don't know if, if you know this, Bill. I just look at you because you, you know, you're getting your PhD in New Testament, and you know, so I, no pressure. If, you know. But um, but maybe the the disciples of John the Baptist were doing this too. I don't know. Which was uh, n- uh, going over and above what the, what was required of the law, which was uh, they fasted every week, twice a week. So it was like they're really into this, right? They're like the A plus students. Okay? Um, so they're so they're asking Jesus, what's the deal here? Like, why, why aren't you like us? Again, this is the sort of common theme, right? Like you're not doing it right. Why don't why don't you have your disciples fast? And Jesus says, again, you guys are you're just you're totally missing it. Wouldn't it be weird if uh, somebody showed up to your wedding and was wearing all black and was like weeping and mourning. That would be strange, right? <laughs> it would be kind of awkward. I don't, I don't know what I would do. Um, like nobody would think to do that, right? It's just kind of weird. It's kind of ridiculous, right? Uh, and then he goes on and he says um, this thing about the unshrunk cloth. So I'm not uh, a seamstress or anything, but. Um, Oh yeah, here's, you know, a wedding, right? But he says you wouldn't sew an unshrunk cloth onto an old coat. So you, you might have an old coat and it's got a hole in it, okay? So what you wouldn't do, what nobody would ever think to do is to try and cover the hole with an unshrunk cloth because when it gets washed, it's going to shrink, right? So if it shrinks, it's going to tear the hole and make it even bigger, Basically, it's just going to be in a worse state than when you started. It's stupid. (laughs) You wouldn't do it. okay? Uh, And third and finally, uh, he's talking about wine. He says, you wouldn't put new wine into an old wineskin. Right? Um, It was the coolest picture I could find of of maybe what an old ancient wineskin looked like. you know, I'm thinking like barrel, but apparently not. So, uh, I'm no expert, but the idea is that you, you put new wine into a new wineskin, and during the fermenting process, the wineskin uh, is flexible. It um, stretches, okay? And... Sorry, is that a dog out there? Oh, there's a fight. Oh. We're just going to hold on for a second. This is the kingdom. There's teaching, there's fighting. Yeah, Lord, so uh, we just pray for what's going on outside. We just ask for peace, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Do, should we keep going? I don't know what to do. I don't. Okay. Okay. If okay. I think we'll just keep going. If somebody comes in and said, "Hey, everybody, come out," then then we'll go out. Okay. Yeah, Lord. So just protect everybody who's out there. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm getting a thumbs up. It's being, yeah. Okay. Great. Okay. Uh, let's keep going. Uh, so we're we're heading into a landing here. Um, so just, basically just as no one would think to do any of these things because they're so stupid, so ridiculous, um, Jesus is, is, is really using them as a metaphor to say, look, your way of doing things, like your interpretation of Scripture um, that, that, help, that in, teaches you to act a certain way towards people, um, that does not fit and will never fit. It will never be compatible with what I'm doing. And so you keep um, expecting me to fit in your box as far as what, it sh- what God is doing should look like, and it's never going to happen. Because what God is doing in Jesus is the new thing. God is creating his new world in Jesus. Um, And so it's actually pretty sad. Um, But so just as people in Jesus' day missed what God was doing, and by the way, just to maybe put a, a, a nail in the coffin on that point, um, We'll see this, I mean, I think everybody knows the story, but we'll see this as we continue through Matthew. This, this anger of the, the religious leaders, and sort of the status quo, and this is how it's done, um, towards Jesus, it intensifies and intensifies and intensifies and it gets to a point where they start plotting and thinking, how can we kill this guy? Jesus was really offensive to some people. And I I think he can be today. So just as people in his day who encountered Jesus really missed what Jesus was really doing and was really about, so can we today. And if we can just bring that inflexible slide back up, that'd be great. You can just leave it up. Thanks, Danae. So uh, why don't we all stand? I was thinking through really practical examples of, of how we could potentially be inflexible and in all the different ways that that could sort of flesh out. And there's about a million, I counted. Um, so, I thought, uh, what might be more helpful uh, for us, as we're just in a posture of, of of wanting to follow Jesus, is just making some space for uh, for God to show us um, where we are being inflexible, rigid immovable, not permitting or being open to change or variation. And just let God just put his finger on on something. I know this can be scary because we don't want to be hurt. Um, God is in the business of healing and restoring. Okay? He's not out to get us. So Why don't we just, and we can do this silently, um, we'll just take a few minutes here, and I'd like us all to just simply ask the Lord a question. Something like, Lord, show me where I'm being rigid. And help me to soften. So just ask the Lord, just wait. Let him bring up whatever he wants to bring up.